This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and however you are listening, and welcome back to The Gospel for Life. Uh, Once again, our intrepid producer, Andrew, joins us in studio today. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Glad to have you, my friend. Thank you. And uh, just in front of the other guys, I want to say thanks. You've done a ton of the research on this book that we've been making our way through the series, so appreciate that effort. Yeah, you're very welcome. This was uh, even before the book came out, Russ, and you guys had talked about a series about the T-Church and something that I've wanted to look into, so I was like, eh. You've been passionate about the subject and, and kind of keeping mm-hmm. it in front of uh, in front of our faces. Um, do you mind if I ask you why, why the passion or why the interest in it? Yeah, it, it, there was a... a uh, several months ago at this point that I it was just kind of a, a revelation of the majority of the people I grew up with and I grew up in church and Christian school and even Christian college and beyond that the vast majority I'm like 95% of the people I grew up with are no longer in the church mm. no longer in Christians they have joined the LGBTQ community and I was just wanted to know why did they do that? Mm-hmm. Why, why, what happened? And so that was this. This book was kind of the spark that ignited mm-hmm. that journey and in looking into that. So. Yeah, okay. So when we talk about these uh, these statistics, not just being a spreadsheet or figures, but actual people. Absolutely. You've got names yes. and faces, social yes. media contacts mm-hmm. that are are really absolutely uh, in, in your life yeah. that have become dechurched. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a there's a sense in which you know it 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 crosses a number of age lines because. If you go back in time, when they start talking about the the de-churched, they're talking about you know the you know, late sixties, seventies, mm-hmm. which I was and shocked beyond. to learn. I didn't know that. You know, there was a, and you know, um, particularly there's there's some of these de-churched categories. You know, had a, a you know proponent of people that were of retiree age that had stopped going. Now I ministered in my first church was in in Florida. You know, so you had the, you know, you had the snowbird crowd that would come down, and they would never engage with the church because, hey, we're only here for six months. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered what they would do when they went back. Well, hey, we're only here for six months, you know, and so they were never really engaged in the church. They never found a sense of, of you know, what we were talking about last yesterday, mm-hmm. belonging, mm-hmm. because they because they had de-churched themselves out of that in their retirement. They, you know, they were doing other things. Yeah. Uh, if you're following along, uh, the book we're using is called The Great Dechurching by Jim Davis and Michael Graham. We're in uh, part three now looking at uh, reasons for hope, how we might engage and uh, encourage those dechurched in and around our own lives to come back. Uh, yesterday we talked about uh, hospitality uh, and looking at what social scientists will define uh, religion in three categories. We're looking at uh, behavior, belief, and belonging. So we talked a little bit how... Uh, this, the lack of belonging might attribute to being dechurched. Uh, today, we're going to look at that uh, middle category, belief. And one of the things that rang true through many of the groups was 
either theological change or shifting uh, among the beliefs in themselves that differ began to differ between the church or the pastor, and so that caused them to de-church. So maybe what, how are all, let's begin with this, how, how are all three of these necessary for the true Christian experience and faith? Let's start there, and then we'll get into how we might overcome the beliefs. This, you know, one of the things they point out in their book is this is not a two out of three sort yeah. of thing. This is, they all, belief, behavior, and belonging are all connected. So, for instance, they say if you claim to believe and belong, but your behavior is lacking, uh, our faith is dead, according to uh, James chapter two. You know, so, you know, we, we demonstrate that we have faith by, by the behavior that we have. Then it says, if we claim to believe and behave, but do not belong, we're just Lone Ranger Christians. <laughs> and, and then thirdly, if we claim to belong and behave, but don't hold to the fundamental beliefs of our faith, we, we don't belong to the faith. And so there, you know, this is a, they all are interconnected here, you know. And if you lose one of them, you're going to have a dead faith. You're either either going to have a dead faith, you're going to be a lone ranger, or you're going to um, forget those things which are of first importance. Yeah. I like that uh, three-legged stool analogy. Mm-hmm. You need all three legs mm-hmm. for it to function. In right. view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- and, and, you know, I think that um, for many people it's the behavior part that really is one of the one of the issues for them, I mean, you you talked about a number of people that were were Andrew that were leaving of your friends. You know, mm-hmm. they you know maybe maybe had graduate gradually drifted away mm-hmm. because of a sexual ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, in fact, oftentimes young people, you know, in those in those early um, mature years, you know, when they leave the church, you know, one of the questions is, who are they hanging out with? Mm-hmm. Who who is you know who's the new girlfriend who's the new boyfriend you know their sexual ethic changes and they want to um, have permission for the activities that they're engaged in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that goes into what, what the belief you you're right who who is the boyfriend who's the girlfriend doesn't matter the gender at this point it's what what I've kind of observed through this was that that descent into that lifestyle was very typical, right? I began questioning this, I began questioning that, and then here I am, I'm in the LGBTQ community now. And I think the the belief aspect needs to obviously be a lot stronger. And in through that, one of the first things they say for the book defines belief is asking questions about what a respondent believes about the existence of God, heaven, or hell. Asking questions. When they started questioning about their sexuality, the pastor should have been on that list of people to talk to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Exactly. Uh, you know what? You know, and begin uh, talk about those questions with them, and even the the whole idea of uh, behavior. You know, oftentimes churches are really great at uh, addressing behaviors outside the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I mentioned that I'd pastored my first church in uh, Florida. You know. Well, you know, when you're ministering to octogenarians and you're talking about abortion, they're giving you an amen. They're not really dealing with the subject themselves. Exactly. Um, so you you need to you need to talk about um, the behavior and address the, those behaviors inside the church with the people that are you know are most inclined in that direction. So. As a pastor, you have to address the young people. As a pastor, you have to address the older yep. people. You have to, you have to, in some way, have an awareness of the culture and society in which you're dealing with, 
and know what the struggles they are having mm-hmm. outside the door of the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, as we, we talk about these three things, I mean, yeah, they're all, they're all important, but I would say, you know, one, you know, Paul, even, you know, he's got a trifecta of faith, hope, and love. And out of these, you know, love is chief. Well, behavior, belief, and belonging, they're all important, but belief is really the, uh, the most important of these three mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. um the 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 one that the others are supposed to be connected to and flow out of and you know the if we're gonna leave or you know those that, that go off when you know maybe friendships go away or a close friend moves you know what why are we at the church you know what's what's our purpose there why are we coming there is it just to belong to something you know you could belong to an athletic club you could belong to any type of group you can find belonging anywhere mm-hmm. outside of the church or is it, you know, do we, are, are we there just because we like, you know, how people act and, mm-hmm. and what they do and, and all this stuff. Well, our foundation has to be the word of God and the truth mm-hmm. and uh, everything else flows out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's our shared conviction around the life, death, resurrection, ascension to the throne, sending of the Holy spirit and promised return of Jesus Christ, that is, a, that is our core belief system mm-hmm. that creates a community, that creates a, a model of behavior or life in the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. But it's, if, if the foundation yeah. is anything other than that that gospel, we the church either becomes a social club, which is easy to leave, mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. because, if it's just a behavior uh, police, then it's just moralistic legalism. Mm-hmm. That that gospel has to remain at the center. One might say for all of life. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. behavior think, is a result mm-hmm. of the gospel. Yes. Uh, this this good news, you know, and and it is the matter of first importance. So if you miss the doctrine, you've missed everything. Yes. Yeah, everything else is going to fall apart. Right. Yeah. I so think we, uh, one way, kind of weird way, maybe that people can make their pastor happy is that when that pastor go, maybe retires or goes off to another church, it's called elsewhere, that he hears that you stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, to me that you know it it shows that. There was at least an element of the truth is why you were there and not because of a particular individual or person. Yeah. So as we think about engaging with the de-churched, right, who, who many begin to struggle with the beliefs, um, and I think this is connected to the belonging aspect where we would say we can address the belonging concerns with the de-churched by offering hospitality. The author seemed to suggest that we can address the belief concerns with the de-churched by asking questions. So mm-hmm. and 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 you know the, he also mentions you know how important the creeds and confessions are to that you know these are the things that have been passed on these are the thing these are the primary things that we believe in you know you got to have a at least a small list you know you know of of uh, of a belief that you center around right. how might how might we display hospitality in the act of asking questions of the dechurched what would that look like for you guys. Help our listener. They've got a dechurched family member. What are some of the questions you'd, you'd want them to ask? Well, I think, I think that this is one of the areas in which uh, parents can play a huge role. And this is one of the things that came out of this whole discussion that oftentimes the parents were disengaged from their family member uh, there. And that's, that's in engaging them in a conversation, listening to mm-hmm. them, and then pointing them, uh, then, you know, not just simply listening to point to an answer, but to listen to understand the the question, you know, this was what was so good about Francis Schaeffer. You know, I mean, you know, he had, he, you know, people would actually come to him like he was, uh, you know, some uh, guru on a mountain, you know, to ask him a question because not only did he answer their question, but he understood their their question. 
And he would, you know, it's like the old phrase, you know, if you ask me what time it is, I'll tell you how the clock works. He would go back and, and um, you know, put together the mechanisms of how they came to understand those things. And I think parents need to do a little bit more of that than mm-hmm. instead, instead of just saying, because I told you so. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as I, as we, as I just mentioned, you know, belief being maybe the more important of these three, if we're, I think as we engage those who we know and love that are de-churched, I think belonging is probably the most important. And what I mean by that is you, I would root it and grounded in that social affiliation and connection that we have and the genuine love that we would have for that individual. I'm just saying something simple like, Hey, we've we really missed you at church lately, mm-hmm. you know, and then di- using that then as a springboard for digging into what were the reasons behind them leaving, but focusing in that, that love that you have for them and that relationship mm-hmm. that you have. Well, there's a there's a a great book for pastors, and it and it talks about um, you know caring for sheep and in three category uh, four categories. You, you know them, you you lead them, you protect them. Um, I forgot the fourth. <laughs> you know, there's just three, right? Yeah, there's yeah, just three. Yeah, there's there's just only three. <laughs> so it's uh, no, no, no lead, lead love, no and lead, feed. feed. No lead, feed, and protect. Yep. And those are the okay. four. No lead, feed, and protect. And I think that uh, actually goes to the whole point that we're talking about here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, listener, if you've got uh, de-churched friends, neighbors, family members, uh, again, begin with that life of hospitality, inviting them not only back to church but also into your life, and then offer them that hospitable ear. Um, ask questions about uh, if they're questioning the beliefs of Christianity, what what do they actually believe uh, that's going to replace that? Uh, if we can help you, we'd love to uh, offer you connection and resources. Feel free to email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com.